G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. A biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. This is 2020 on Vision. Let's come back to a very important issue that shapes the attitudes of Christians to the Jewish people. Timely, as global opinion is turning against Israel in rising anti-Semitism after the war started on October 7th. Our next guest says there's been a serious error that's shaped the theological approach to the Jewish people. He says the error caused millennia of hate-driven acts that saw the endless spilling of Jewish blood. It certainly is an important issue to talk about. And Stan Goodenough is back with us today, an independent journalist known as a Jerusalem watchman. Stan Goodenough, a special welcome back to 2020. Thank you, Neil. So good to be with you again. Thank you. Stan, we're back to an issue that is shaping attitudes of Christians, and it started a long, long time ago. It's called replacement theology, and you've been called on of recent times to offer your thoughts. Where do we start with this? So, Neil, the the article that I've written that you referred to there, um, I've headlined replacement eschatology because it is, in a sense, it has bought the church, and I'm saying that the church in inverted commas because it represents many things to many people, uh, but the the central idea of the church being the body of Messiah, that it has placed the body of Messiah at the center of our end time expectations, and most uh, followers of Jesus are, of course, Gentile. And because of the focus for 2,000 years on the church as being the, cent- the central figure of God's attention um, since uh, Jesus ascended from Jerusalem. And in many cases, and I would say the majority of cases, Christianity has relegated the Jewish people to, uh, to, the, to the past, to history, and suggested or actually said that we Gentile Christians have replaced them. And that's replacement theology, and it gave rise to so much anti-Semitism down through the ages. Uh, at its core, at its bottom, it suggests Jesus was rejected by the Jews, so God rejected Israel and transferred his or turned his attention to us, and we became his new chosen people. And what's more, because the Jews rejected Jesus and quote-unquote killed Christ, um, I'm saying that quote-unquote because it's obviously, uh, it has to be explained in more detail, which we don't perhaps have time for right now, um, that they deserve to have been expelled from their land and suffered the consequences of that rejection. That is unscriptural, as is the idea that the church has replaced Israel. Now, I think there's a growing awareness that that teaching is heresy. Because Why is it heresy? Because it's, it says that God changed his mind, that the things that he said were unchangeable, he ended up changing concerning Israel. Um, it's, it's specifically problematic now, Neil, because... There, in the pro-Israel Christian world, which is largely the evangelical um, streams in Christendom, uh, there's a an ongoing expectation that the Jews have to continue suffering until they accept Jesus as the Messiah. 
And that has led to or has shaped end-time teaching by so many um, highly regarded um, Bible teachers that it's shaped it in the form of uh, the church has a different future. It's all about us. We're going off to be with Jesus in heaven, but the Jews are staying behind and they will have to continue to pay a price for their rejection of Jesus until they accept him. The whole thing is awful in its origins. It's awful in the way it's played out in history. And it's terrible now because now so many Christians who say they love Israel are kind of resigned in their own words. And I've heard this said many times to the fact that, no, we love Israel and we'll stand with Israel. We'll pray for the peace of Jerusalem. But it's all about us now. We're the church and we have a glorious future with the Lord. But Israel has to go through this terrible darkness that still lies ahead. So let's get a a little bit of clarity around this uh, when we're talking about these things, Stan, because uh, replacement eschatology uh, starts with the replacement theology, and that goes way back to the early church fathers some 1900 years ago, and it's shaped so much of what Christianity has taught uh, over that time because they thought that Israel had been wiped off the map and uh, dispersed around the world and somehow or other that God's promises were not being fulfilled. Now we see that they are being fulfilled in his restoration of Israel to their land. How does that make us think differently now? And uh, the Christian about even these end times events, if we get the replacement idea right. Well, look, in, in my understanding... What the Lord is looking for, what our God is looking for at this time as the satanic forces are are lined up around the world, whether from the Islamic world or the communist world or the democratic, uh, liberal, progressive world, all lined up together against Israel, determined one way or the other to reverse this return of the Jews to the land God gave them, um, that the Lord is looking for believers who like Ruth of old, will take hold of Israel and say, we, we understand our destiny is with you. Your people are my people. Your God is my God. Where you go, I will go. Where you live, I will live. Where you die, I will die. I'm with you to the end because we serve, we worship the same God. But what, it's, what, what the, the foundations of, of, of um, replacement theology have led to and continue to feed into, even among those who reject the theology itself, that replacement theology or supersessionism, as it's also called itself, as being heretical, is still somehow we think the Jews don't want to accept Jesus. They don't want to recognize their error. And so they're going to have to keep paying a price. But 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 there's a separation of the ways. We are going to be gloriously joined with Jesus in the wedding supper of the Lamb as the church, but Israel is going to go through, quote, the time of Jacob's trouble, unquote. And so that's what's coming on them. There's nothing we can do about it. So we will love them for now. We'll support them for now. But we're out of here soon. And they're going to stay behind. And then they're going to have to pay consequence of their rejection of Jesus. And that's that's the the the, the tragedy right now when Israel is so alone. And Neil, I'm talking to you from Jerusalem This is a nation that is traumatized from top to bottom. The things that have happened here since October the 7th, what this country is going through every single day inside the land with the burying of and the finding still of the remains of those who were slaughtered, still many not identified, 
every day new funerals. And then the whole world out there is one way or the other antagonistic towards Israel. And even Christians out there are taking increasingly sides against Israel one way or the other, not least because sometimes they are fed by this expectation that the church's glorious days are coming, but Israel is going to go through darkness. So, Stan, if we get it right then and reverse that false idea of a replacement theology, knowing that we as the Christian church are grafted into the vine, if we're thinking about what comes in the end of days and so many of the events that we see look like prophetic fulfilment, how do we then uh, put ourselves right in a eschatology? Because what I can hear you saying is that Christians are almost washing their hands of the Jewish people with an expectation that they'll be right, uh, but the Jews will have to go through their suffering, Jacob's trouble. How do we adjust our attitude here? We take hold of Israel and we say, so I'll give you an example in in, in the uh, example of a friend who's passed on and she's going to be with the Lord. She's an Arab believer. Her name was Redad. And uh, she came out of the uh, Islamic world. She accepted Jesus when she was a young woman and the Lord said to her one day, you cannot love me and hate my people. And so she took hold of the Jewish people and she became an outspoken uh, champion for Israel, for the return of the Jews to their land, and she stood with them. And then she learned, coming from the Arab world and the different part of the world, not the West, she learned about this end time uh, scenario that leaves Israel behind. And she wept for a week. She was on her face before God and she just said to him, Lord, I don't know anything about this rapture. But if you're going to leave your people behind to go through some kind of hell on earth, then don't take me. I want to be here with them because who's going to stand with them? That attitude of heart is, I believe, where we should try and put our, our you know, like Paul did about his, about his own people. He, he was so, he's so, so consumed with the love for them and the desire to see them brought out of darkness that he said even he was prepared to lose his salvation for it. He was, you know, God take me. Don't take them. That attitude of heart is, is an attitude I think we need to cultivate and, and, and encourage our fellow believers to have. You know, whatever, because nobody knows the exact outworking of the end of days. Everybody's got their ideas. But what we do know is that Christians or people, people purporting to be Christians have shown such a horrible face to the Jewish people for so long. And now when they're standing alone at this time, and they hear that they've got Christian friends who then suddenly they also hear have a belief that they're still going to go through another Holocaust because that's the word that's used. Their loneliness is almost complete. We need to embrace them, I believe, and stand between them and the world that hates them and even between them and the Lord in that sense and say, Lord, whatever you're going to do to this nation, I want to be with them. I want to stand with them because I've got my faith. I've got my assurance of salvation. Leave me with these people. Don't let me leave them behind. That kind of attitude of heart, which is so rare, so, so, so difficult to find. So, Stan, it's not just a pleasantry in pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Uh, what we're being called from what you're indicating here is a much more close alignment, uh, even a, a cheerleading, a standing with even in the challenges of what's going on in war and as there's a rising anti-Semitism, Somehow or other, Christians have an adjustment to make uh, to be aligned with God's chosen people. Uh, if we don't do that, uh, we're missing something. Is that what you're saying? 
Uh, yes, I am. And I think um, it, it even plays out in the very real situation today in your country where you have a government that is uh, joining forces with others and just joined on with the United Nations General Assembly uh, in the last few days um, to to take a side that is um, that is dangerous to Israel in terms of this call for a ceasefire and the position of the current Australian government is very much in line with Israel's enemies and increasingly in opposition to Israel itself. Then Christians in Australia um, have an opportunity to come out vocally and publicly in support of Israel, even if it means standing against their own government. Because I think that these, when we when we take these kinds of stands, that cost us something. That that show that we really mean business when we say that God is restoring the Jews to their land. This is a God thing, and we are with God and on His side. Then I think that already begins to send a different message to the Jewish people. We are not you are not alone. But right now they feel very very much that even the Christian world is not with them. Jewish people are feeling very alone. Uh, they are in the middle of a war that's going on. And uh, no doubt there'll be some listeners uh, inspired with the terminology you use, Stan, a replacement eschatology. And there will be some listeners who might like to read a little more of what you've been writing about of recent times, a development on this thought of replacement theology and how wrong that is. Uh, For listeners to connect with Stan, you can do so via an email. Let me give you an email address and uh, connect directly to Stan Goodenough, who we're speaking to from Jerusalem today. His email is zionwarrior at gmail.com. zionwarrior at gmail.com. Stan's an independent journalist. He's known as a Jerusalem watchman. That email is zionwarrior at gmail.com. Stan, thanks so much for really powerful insights today on 2020. Thank you, Neil. Shalom. Thank you. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au. 